What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, except for this time, because this time we're talking about pyramids and basketball. Man, today was a real roller coaster. So, uh, at time of recording, it is the start of my three weeks of work heck, uh, because because my coworker who knows everything about everything in this field is going on vacation for 3 weeks leaving me as one of the two full-time employees in our department and the other one is the one I've talked about before who will just stop taking new cases after a while if she gets too overwhelmed though that doesn't mean they stop coming in right that just means I'll have to take them so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a rough one. Plus, over the next three days, she's also going to be gone. So I will be the only, <laughs> the only full-time employee. Now, we do have another part-time guy who's there in the mornings and a volunteer who's there in the afternoons. But they can only do so much, right? So, yeah. And it, it's just going to be crazy. But today was okay. It wasn't awful. One down and about 20 something to go. So wish me luck. So that was the that was the down part, even though it wasn't too bad. But the up part, well, even though it started with the down part, revolves around RPGs. Hooray! We'll talk about role playing games on this show again. <laughs> so in looking over the stat blocks of one of the one of the creatures inside of the gray garrison uh i was a bit confused because with a lot of the pathfinder stat blocks in these adventure paths they'll have a tactic session right to say what the what the creature does before this fight starts how they act during the fight and then what their morale is do they fight to the death do they run away after they get dropped to a certain number of hit points or what so in this tactics section, it said this one character does X and Y, right? I don't want to say yet because we haven't gotten there yet. Um, and usually when these stat blocks, when in a tactics se- section, it says the character does X and Y before the fight starts, that's typically already reflected in the stat block. It's already baked into the stat block that's in the book, but the numbers weren't working out right uh, for all of the things to add up to what they were adding up to. So I was like, huh, okay, so let me let me go on Twitter. I know there are some folks out there that have played Wrath of the Righteous and run Wrath of the, more importantly, run Wrath of the Righteous. So I, I, I know of a couple actual play podcasts that run Wrath of the Righteous. So I DM'd one of the guys on there, the, the, the game master for that group to ask him this question about is, is the stat block reflecting this creature having done thing X and Y or not? And this, <laughs> this is maybe if it's not the first, it's probably not the first, but it was definitely the most egregious case of mansplaining I've ever experienced. And that's a word I hate, but I understand it a little bit more now. I definitely understand it more now. Uh, I asked a very, very specific question 
And this dude comes back with some super general information. Like, I don't have any idea what I'm talking about. And then when I was like, no, wait, but this and that, then he starts explaining to me how the Pathfinder Alchemist works, which I didn't even ask about. <laughs> it's one of my favorite classes. It's one of the classes I've played the most. Um, and I was like, well, no, but here's why you're wrong. X, Y, and Z. And then, then after that, there was a pause in the conversation that lasted a couple hours. Then he finally came back and was like, oh, I see. Sorry for over-explaining. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, just answer the question. I did get an answer, so that was cool. Uh, the guy did apologize, but it's just like, man, that sucks. And I, I get it, you know, I get it a lot more uh, why women in particular get so frustrated when that happens because a lot of dudes especially in nerd hobbies do that shit if a woman asks a question about something and it sucks man and it sucks so all the ladies out there listening i feel you you know i absolutely feel you on that it is dumb and gross and should stop anyway so that ended up with a win because i was right <laughs> I was fucking right. Don't come at me about some Pathfinder shit, man. You know, I wanted, <laughs> I didn't pull the thing because it's the most obnoxious thing in the world. But I was almost like, dude, do you know, even, even know who I am? <laughs> and he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, well, yeah, duh. Um, so that was pretty cool. The other thing that was super cool and unexpected, I didn't expect to get him today, is I had my friend Jay, the one who was running the Rise of the Rune Lords game and Curse of the Crimson Throne game that I had to drop out of. I had her help me get some maps put together for the end of book two, even though we're not there yet, but these things take a long time. So I wanted to get a jump on it. And it's, it's really tricky for me. So I have her tell me how big of a map I need to make on roll 20, you know, how many squares wide, how many squares high, which it's got to be tedious work just counting those tiny little squares on your computer screen. That kind of thing drives me insane and makes me want to like stab pencils into my eyes repeatedly. Um, so yeah, not having to do that was a glorious, glorious treat. And yeah, it looks great, man. It's a little blurry when it's blown up. Cause these are some big hunking maps which is something I talked about before, but I'll talk about again here in a second. And now I just got to go through and populate them. So that was really cool. I was really, really super stoked. She did an awesome job and I'm just super grateful for those to have those now. So I can just start populating the maps with all the bad guys. So that was another win today. And then the last win so far, at least uh, who knows, hopefully there'll be some more tonight, but you never know. I was thinking to myself, I was like, dude, I'm going to have to make so many of these monsters in, <laughs> in these two maps. I know they're not going to be on roll 20. I own the Pathfinder first edition bestiary on roll 20 plus all the first edition stuff. Uh, and it just, it's got a lot that bestiary has a lot of stuff, but not everything and not a whole lot of demons. And yeah, so I was like, crap, all right, let's, 
Let's get going. Let's see if they have the first monster that the players encounter on roll 20. Nope. <laughs> nope. But then, ding, the light bulb went off. And I remembered and I looked and I said, Joe, you're the goddamn best person ever in the world. And I love myself so much because I had already put the monster together. I had already made the first monster. And I've made a couple of the monsters in here already and completely forgotten that I'd done that. And that is awesome. I love past me when I think about future me. That makes me very happy. So, yeah, basically three wins today with only a mild loss. That's 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 pretty good, man. That's that's a solid day, I think. And what better way to end a solid day than talk about some pyramids? That's right. We're going to talk about some goddamn pyramids, man. I made the claim, um, which I will make again, that we don't fully understand how the pyramids were made. Um, we, we just don't. There are no real records of it or anything. No, you know, it's convenient that there's no friggin' what are they goddamn called? Hieroglyphics. Thank you. <laughs> Pictograms. Um, yeah. So and I also made the claim, the assertion that given the time period that mainstream science says the pyramids were made in and can and who made them. King Khufu is who they give credit for, for building the Great Pyramid, plus a couple other monuments and stuff. Given that time period and the technology that there's no way they could produce the Great Pyramid, let alone the other shit, right? Because uh, it's millions and millions and millions of blocks, some of which are hundreds of tons. Uh, and yeah, so those were my claims. Carl, who is a certified ologist, a certified doctor of smartness. Oh, hi, Crow. You're a pretty boy, aren't you? Yes, you are. Um, he, he has some thoughts on the pyramid. He's done some research. He's going to fact check me. And it's awesome, dude. So... Uh, I'm going to let Carl go for a while. I might interject here and there. Uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. So Dr. Carl, Dr. Rodriguez, if you will, take it away. The floor is yours. And I was going to fact check you about how, if we know how the pyramids were built, but you are correct. There are, it is a controversial subject with many hypotheses, which I think is pretty neat. Um, it just, uh, yeah. Definitely, it's been disproven that it was slave labor, it was professional labor, guilds maybe, uh, and there are various hypotheses quarried from stone blocks, the writings of Herodotus, etc. So uh, pretty cool that we really don't quite know, though we speculate how it was done. Um, so uh, there's the speculation of how ramps were built and ramps were built around and Dirt was hauled back and forth, but it's pretty pretty fascinating. Definitely, I will say that the Ten Commandments gets it wrong. Well, because it was way that was like way past old dynasty, old dynasty anyway, right? Old Kingdom Egypt anyway. So, I am pretty sure Carl was talking about the Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston there. <laughs> Not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know, Carl. Let me know. Were you talking about the movie or the actual Ten Commandments? Um, oh, hi. There's another pretty boy. Anyway, uh, back to Carl. Now, in that movie, 10,000 BC, 
Um, the Egyptians learned those techniques from the Atlanteans who communicated those techniques to both the Egyptians and the, uh, I guess, the predecessors of the Maya, uh, Mexica, etc. Um, I think, I want to say Olmec, maybe Olmec is the oldest one, or the Teotihuacan pyramid builders. But uh, yes, fascinating technology, um, a lot of manpower, but but volunteer manpower, which I think is the the coolest um the coolest like dispelling of a myth right yeah so you'll tell us just how cool volunteer manpower is because it's amazing the theory that they have so we'll get back to that first but i wanted to touch on the you know about the movie you were talking about Ten Thousand bc which i haven't seen but the idea of the technology to build the pyramids being transmitted from in that movie, it's the Atlanteans, but what a lot of non-mainstream researchers think is just an ancient advanced civilization uh, that was before the Egyptians. That's, that's where the Egyptians learned how to do this. Um, and there's, there, there's a lot of credence out there. It's not, it's not a guaranteed fact yet, right? But... Every day, we're discovering new things that keep pushing the human timeline farther and farther and farther back, man. Like, all the new information coming out about Gebekli Tepe, 12,000-ish-year-old site. They were brewing beers there. They could have been, like, large storage facilities for food to distribute out to all the other settlements in the area. Uh, like you know, farm, not farming, but food collection on a massive scale. It, it, it's just crazy. And so the idea of there being an advanced civilization that the Egyptians learned from and borrowed from and inherited stuff from, I don't think is very far off. And I'm not talking about aliens. I'm talking about human beings and the, the idea of Atlantis. I mean, Again, every year we're finding underground buildings and, you know, the the sea level has risen so much over the millennia that there's all kinds of shit under the water. Doggerland is an example over, um, you know, over there in the UK. Just there's there's so much <laughs> that we don't know about the history of humankind and that's amazing man that's my favorite part we don't know we have this idea and it's a pretty it's a pretty shitty idea our thoughts of how sedentary and uninventive our ancestors were but i don't think they were you know like there is evidence coming out, genetic DNA evidence, showing, like, Australian DNA over in South America dating way, way back to, like, 20,000 years ago and shit. So, like, you know, how did that happen? Uh, it's because we humans have been exploring the world 
for a long, long time. Modern humans have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> just think yeah, humans have been around. Let's I'll give it early, 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 early estimate of 80,000 years. They've been around way longer than that. But just let's think about 80,000 years. Think about what we have done in the past hundred years. So from 1922 to 2022 think of the technology that has just exploded in that hundred years and to think that over those other 80,000 years well 17,900 years nothing really happened except like it's just crazy to think about man it, it, it doesn't make sense in my brain I don't believe that story of humanity there's been way too many global cataclysms that would wipe shit out so it's no surprise we don't find a lot of stuff there will hardly be anything left of us in 50,000 years you know come and see what's left of Seattle in 50,000 years there's not going to be a whole lot so yeah man i don't know but anyway let's talk about group projects because gaming is a group project and the egyptians gamed they have dice and shit it's awesome but let's talk about groups yeah and just right again you know they're building these big well they didn't build pyramids during ramsey's time uh, he built some huge monuments but uh i don't they still don't think that was slave labor although depicted like in the ten commandments and that was new kingdom you know, 1200 BC versus Old Kingdom, which was like 2500 BC, so 1300 years, amazingly, earlier, um, where the the Great Pyramids were built. So I just think that time is fascinating, and how small a speck of it we are compared to historical time, much less geological time, right? We're just... Uh, dust in the wind as kansas would say yeah dude so like time is absolutely super crazy when you think about it man like that's what i was talking about earlier with you know eighty thousand years ago there were fuckers running around man uh it, it's it's just oh that reminds me of a thing uh that my mom sent me so turns out if you say something as old as fuck that pretty much means it's about 2 billion years old because that's when uh, sexual reproduction started. And if you say something is old as shit, it's like 200 million years old because that's when like fecal excretion started in mammals or something. I don't know. That's probably wrong. <laughs> I forget how the second part goes. But the first part is if it's old as fuck, it's about 2 billion years old. And that just makes me really happy, especially because it was my mom that sent me that. <laughs> but anyway, man, back to the pyramids. So, yeah, like, you know, some of those structures, it's arguable, are way older than the old kingdom even. Like the Sphinx with the water erosion and the enclosure of the pyramid. That's a very contentious subject. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's and then the precision, the precision of some of these cuts that they're making is crazy. But we'll we'll talk more about precision 
here in a second, I think. And just just the breadth of time that has passed is crazy. Also, if you look at the Egyptians list of kings, it goes back way, way, way farther than like the old kingdom, right? There's hundreds of kings listed way back. And mainstream archaeologists and stuff just say, oh, they were just kidding. You know, that's just myth. And they they weren't seriously taking down the names of their kings. They were just joking around and made a bunch. And it's like, well, maybe or <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe that list, <laughs> like maybe they knew what they were talking about back then. I don't know, man. I just think there's so much we don't know. There's way more we don't know about the pyramids in that whole area than we do know. And to me, that's the best. That's the best part. And that leads to good science because we're constantly trying to find out and we're not getting, hopefully not getting dogmatic about our beliefs. Even though there is a lot of dogmatism when it comes to Egyptology and just ancient cultures in general, especially if you start getting on about ancient cultures in the Americas, then people really get crazy. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Egypt's and rad pyramids. And let's hear more from Carl. Okay, your last point about the pyramids. So apparently the most interesting uh, study, or most, a recent study using critical path analysis, analysis suggests that there was an average workforce of 14,000 people and a peak workforce probably seasonal of about 40,000 people working with um, about 4,000 to 5,000 permanent artisans living on site. And they suggest that the Great Pyramid was completed in about 10 years. And that's you making, with the tools that they had, between 2 and 2.8 million uh, blocks. So, um, yeah, that's about 180 blocks per hour, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, um, apparently it is possible. It's just on a grand scale that perhaps we don't understand much like Stonehenge, right? It was a grand uh, community labor project that we just don't do or understand anymore. I 100% agree that it was probably some amazing, crazy group project like you were saying on a on a grand scale that we just don't really have the comprehension for but i still don't think that accounts for a lot of what we find there i don't think that accounts for the just sheer precision um you know even with a permanent workforce of a couple thousand labor or artisans most of your brunt labor in that fear in that particular theory is are just common workers and they're not going to be as precise and just we don't have yeah you know like i i wonder if that study takes in account the fact that the pyramids aren't sitting on bedrock the giza plateau is largely man made their like cut flagstones that the pyramids and stuff are sitting on like think of that first too is that counted in there or are they just counting cutting blocks and i don't think they're again taking into account the precision of how fine 
and regular those blocks were cut. Um, but yeah, who knows? Like, you know, we, we just don't know. And you talked about Stonehenge and all the other megalithic sites around the world, underground cities. We where we find underground cities every, like what the fuck that would fit like thousands of people. Our history, our ancient history as a people is clouded and amazing and one day, hopefully, we'll figure it out because, yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. I just really hope so. I really, really do because who knows? Maybe we could learn a thing or two about those people, you know, or maybe we'll just kill ourselves or get hit by a big rock, you know, and kill all of us at once and reset the thing over again. I don't know. World is a vampire. Do, 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 said to drain. Speaking of drain, you know who can drain it? Steph Curry. The greatest shooter in the history of basketball. Let's talk some let's talk some basketball. Hey Joe, I know everyone talks about the best in the NBA. But when you look at the championships, honestly, the best team, and I don't know how this can be overcome, from 57 to 69, the Boston Celtics won 11 championships. There's only one year in that span of time that they did not win. And, of course, they lost to the, I'm assuming, no, I don't know who they lost to. I have to look that up. I thought they would have lost to the Lakers, but they did not. But the Lakers and the Celtics both have 17 championships. And I know you're probably going to say, well, it's been a while. Although the Lakers did one in, you know, a couple of years ago. But but still, that's 11 in 12 seasons. I think that's hard to top. Um, so there you go. So I had to include... <laughs> that message in this episode because as I'm recording this the Warriors just won their fourth NBA championship in eight years and they won it away at the Boston Celtics they beat the Boston Celtics in six games it was an amazing series I gotta give the Celtics props they played a hell of a series but the Warriors are just a better team uh, so here's how the series went start First game of the series, Celtics come and steal a game at Golden State. They win game one. Okay. Warriors come out game two, and they're like, okay, we're blah, 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 blah. They win game two. Then they go to Boston for game three. Celtics come out super hot. It's game three. It's their first game at home in the championship round. They take game three. And everyone's talking now because it's 2-1 Celtics. And a bunch of the analysts on the sports shows and everything were talking. Oh, oh, look out for the Celtics. Celtics are the better team. They're more athletic. They're younger. Uh, they're better. And then game four happened. And Steph Curry said, nope. And Andrew Wiggins said, nope. <laughs> Steph had 43 points and what was one of the greatest finals performances of all time 
Andrew Wiggins had, I think, 16 rebounds, which is insane for him. An all-time career high in rebounds in a must-win game in the finals of the NBA championships. Get out of Dodge, man. And then after game four, Warriors won game five and game six pretty handily. And it's just amazing. Steph Curry won the finals MVP, which was one of the few accolades he has yet hadn't yet received as an NBA player. Got it. Probably one of the most humble players of all, considering he's one of the top three greatest players ever to play the game of basketball. The greatest shooter, without a doubt. But also one of the greatest players, just period, of all time. And yeah, I think the Warriors now cemented cemented themselves as one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, their franchise now has a total of seven NBA championships. You know, it's not as many as Boston with their however many, 16, I think. But it's a much different NBA than it was back then, right? Like teams would stay together forever. Now there's free agency. It's harder to keep a team together, but the Warriors have. They've kept their team together for the past eight years now. It's been the same core guys. They don't take huge contracts and go somewhere else. They stick together because they're friends, they believe in each other, and they're great teammates. And that's what it all comes down to is teamwork. I think we've seen the death of the super team you now have to be a complete NBA basketball team to have any chance of winning. You get like three superstars on a team, they'll get smoked by a team that has all really good players. And that says a lot about gaming too, man. It's all about making the best of what you got, appreciating those around you that are on your team, trying hard to make them better, not just yourself better. Yeah, the Warriors are an example to any role-playing group out there, you know? And they're just, they're, they're inspirational. Steph Curry is a generational talent. He's changed the game of basketball. He's changed the way people play basketball over the past 13 years that he's been in the league. Oh, man, it was, it was awesome, man. So, yeah, Carl... Celtics, they're they're pretty sweet. You know, they have a ton of championships as a franchise. Lakers have a ton of championships as a franchise. But I'd say you take any one of those of their best teams and throw them up against the Warriors and their best team, I I say the Warriors win, man. I I do. And I don't consider the Kevin Durant years the Warriors best team either. I don't. People would say I'm crazy for that, but I don't, man. Uh, they didn't need him. They got him. They did They did Kevin Durant a favor. That was cool of the Warriors to kick Kevin Durant uh, an NBA championship. That was very nice of him, of the Warriors. So, yeah. It, no more basketball for the year, which is a bummer. It's always bittersweet, but it was a hell of a season. The playoffs were amazing. NBA playoffs are just my favorite time of year. I think they are the greatest sports spectacle we have in this country. Um, 
yeah, so great season. Go Warriors. Awesome stuff. And let me get out of here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. Uh, so I mentioned at the start of the show, right when I was wrapping up the first section, that I wanted to bring something up later, and I never did. So... <laughs> I'm going to bring it up now because at least I remembered. Um, what I was going to talk about is how in the two Pathfinder adventures that I've run and I can't remember if it happens in Rise of the Rune Lords. It sort of happens in Curse of the Crimson Throne. But in the two that I've run at the end of the second book of the adventure path Pathfinder just hucks in a mega dungeon. Paizo just throws it in there. It's like, God damn, man. This one, from everything I've seen so far, because I've been putting the map together, populating it, reading up on it again, and how everything works, and all the bits and bobs and moving pieces and everything. This one seems more fun than the mega dungeon murder mansion that uh, Paizo throws in at the end of the second book of the Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign. Because that one just brings that book to a screeching halt, as I've talked about before. And I think Carl said he agreed. Um, but this mega dungeon at the end of book two of Wrath of the Righteous seems pretty cool. So I'm really excited. Ah, man, I, I can't wait to get to the end of book one. Then start getting into book two. Because book two is cool. I'm really excited for book two. Super, super, super excited for the end of book one. Yeah, because shit's about to get live. Oh, man. Anyway, everybody, it was a good night, which is nice because uh, today was the first full day of work heck three weeks. Three weeks of work heck. Um... It, it went okay. It went okay. I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to get a lot better at my job. And it's going to be a good thing. But it's it's tough, man. It was, I'm, It's a lot more work. But, you know, boom. Get it done. So today and tomorrow and then on Monday, um, I am <laughs> the one full-time person, like doing what I do in all of King County and that's a pretty crazy crazy feeling it's it's pretty intense I, I got a part-time guy and an intern and it's the three of us in this department and yeah man in a few days the other full-time person will come back so that'll be good that'll be a help and yeah you know like I said it's gonna be good in the long run I'm gonna learn a lot so cool but let me get out of here because I already said that and I'm rambling now, but all of you take care of yourself. It's a, it's a crazy world out there and just, you know, be, be good to each other. I will talk to you all later. Peace out.